0: I've always wondered if someone was going to make your life into a movie, who would play you and why?
1: Oh, who would play me and why? That's a fantastic question. Wow. Well I want to I s I I I wanna I wanna say Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. Why? Cause I'm vain. I think he's excellent, and I also like the fact that he's so accomplished, and he's also uh, an immigrant from a neighboring country. You know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And
1: he's he's excellent in every in every way, and um, yeah, I could see that. If I was given a range of options, I could I would also mm. take uh, Brian Ogola. Ah, oh,
0: nice. Mm. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I could also see Daniel Kalu. There's a resemblance, Mahali Pale.
1: <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know lupita, lupita maybe okay, okay. she'd yeah, have to work yeah, a bit so harder to look true. like me you know? yeah i think she'd be fabulous but that's an that's an interesting question no one's ever asked me that before
0: oh mm, interesting maybe i want to make a movie about you very soon what if i had a magic wand where in the world would you like to hold a concert
1: if i was told to have a concert anywhere in the world yeah Lake turkana
0: seriously
1: have you been there Okay, no. first of all, does your wand also bring the audience?
0: <laughs> yes, it does. It it, it takes care of everything.
1: <laughs> if it's Abracadabra, Rambo Bambo Boom, uh-huh. and there's an audience and all of that, then yeah, Lake Turkana, uh-huh. You know? Um I've never been there. It, it's it's beautiful. It's uh uh-huh. I mean I've been there I've been there once. Uh-huh. Um and it's 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 remarkable. You've not seen beauty like that. You know the like the the way the lake the color of the lake is sort of like a bluish green and then everything around it is like like white sands and and the mountains in the distance it's like it looks like what you'd imagine uh if if you if if you took some kind of trip in your head mm-hmm. you know um on LSD or something what you imagine the, the, the landscape would <laughs> look like it's there it's there oh, wow. you know Um, and then also I really, I would, I would love to be in a situation where I was playing to an audience of, I mean, I, I, Uh I, I definitely, I definitely like, I mean, playing for an international audience is is cool, but, but playing in front of a homegrown audience would also be really Mm. important to me.
0: That's usually special in its own way. So, welcome everyone to the NBOMTI podcast. Um, Woohoo!
1: Episode yeah, one. our first
0: episode. Yeah. <laughs> we're so excited. I'm actually even more excited to have our our first guest. He needs no introduction. Um, I'm sure everyone is wondering MTI. So for context, we'll talk about that later. Our guest will tell us more about it. This is our first episode, as I said, and uh, we're going to be focusing on the life and artistic practices of the NBO participants. And as I said, our first guest needs no introduction. I am so happy to have him here. He's just a phenomenal human being and a great artist. So Eric Wainaina Karibu Sana.
1: Thank you, Ajiko. Woo!
0: Okay crowd.
1: <laughs> keep <laughs> it down.
0: Keep <laughs> it down. Please. Keep guys, it down. Relax, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um Eric, mm. please. Tell
1: us about NBO-MTI. So NBOMTI stands for Nairobi Musical Theatre Initiative. I guess it began officially about four or five years ago. But the truth of the matter is, I was uh, I started working on musicals. I, I've been in musicals since I was a kid. Um, the school that I went to um, uh, had a musical every single year, and 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 my my parents are quite into musicals. My mom was very into. The sound of music, my fair lady, all that whole genre of, um, of, of the sort of the classical musical theater. Then, um, but when I started writing my own musicals, in fact, I start, I took a class for writing for musical theater in college because somehow I knew I was going to end up doing musical theater somehow. Then, uh, coming to more recent times, um, when I was rewriting my musical, uh, DJ Luanda, formerly called Morfire, Fire, um, I spent about three years working on it in sort of under the dramaturgical eye of uh, the wonderful Roberta Levito from Sundance. And after the process of, I said to her, look, first of all, someone needs to give me an honorary master's for how grueling this thing has been. But on top of that, uh, would you consider coming to Kenya to put a couple of my writer friends through this process? And so I think it was like 2016, um, Roberta came to Kenya, um, by a combination of sort of funding sources and miracles, right? Um, and we had 10 people in the room, you know? Uh, we had Sitawa, we had Washuka, we had John Sibi, I think Mumbi Kaigua passed through. Um, uh, And the idea, at that point, we spent a week together um, and stimulating ideas for what a musical could be. Now, um, four years later, uh, we are upwards of of, uh, 35 writers, 40 writers, and we're working on 14 brand new musicals and that's cool because um you know the the musicals are sort of ev- every every year or every couple of months there's a musical being staged um a, a, a theater company wanting to do a musical and they tend to defer to uh to to or rather to default to the to the uh to the staples you know you're going to do a sarafina you're going to do a grease you're going to do something along those lines Um, and I I understand it, I respect it, as in that's what's there, you know. Uh, but now I was saying basically with MTI, it's what can we do to provide a bunch of homegrown musicals that broaden the choices?
0: That's lovely because, um, that's actually what attracted me to NBMTI the first time when I heard that we're doing like original Kenyan musicals like that was amazing for me because like you said it's like untapped territory and I remember I remember that the first time I heard that you were doing MOFA let me take you back to that because you mentioned it now DJ Luanda I was mind blown and a lot of Kenyans were very shocked just hearing that Eric Wainaina is into musicals how does that compare to your life as a musician like as a performing musician and is there any difference like what do you borrow from this and yeah how what is the transition basically into theater
1: well i think that um so it people have had music in plays in Kenya or in Africa um from time immemorial right uh but very often the songs would be uh, they'd be used maybe at the beginning of the scene or the end of a scene, or even within the body of a scene. Uh, but in a sense, they were—I want to say—interstitial. They were—they were like—they—they were like, uh, they, uh, they didn't necessarily move the story forward. They were an in, a musical interlude. Um, um, but but the whole thing about musical theatre, at least at least in this particular tradition, is. D- um, like, for example, the, the, the conversation we're having right now, right? Um, you, you asked me, so how, what, what, how does this differ from your musical career? Um, maybe in, 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 uh, in answering that, I might choose if we were in a musical, I would sing my response, right? And I would not be singing, um, I would not be singing, um, a completely unrelated song, like, Mm-hmm. Um when I'm it, you know, and I'd be there like okay. <laughs> yeah. Um the reason why we do musicals is because this is what we do and when and, and we just and we then would that I would be advancing our conversation through what I'm saying. So in musical theater, um lyrics take the place of dialogue or add to dialogue. In fact, there's some musicals which are sung through and there's n- no dialogue at all, or if anything, there'll be maybe like a connecting word of dialogue, which is even, which is even spoken in rhythm, you know? And so the purpose of the, the function of lyric in musical theater is to advance plot, advance character. You, in fact, you should be able to read the script of a musical without hearing a single note and have a completely fulfilling experience of what this story is. Uh, who the characters are, who you should love, who you should hate, um, what emotion you should be connecting to, to the character or to the play. Um, and is it different from a musical career? Yes. Uh, from my music career? Um, I mean, first of all, uh, it's, it's, it's a completely different animal, you know, uh, musical theater. And, uh, so like, in a sense, when I, when I, when I play a set as a concert, uh, as a, as a musician, um, There might be an overarching theme, right, but every single song is a snapshot of a particular emotion, you know, so whether it's Can We Fly Away Together, right, which is a love song, right, a very personal love song between two people going to Nchiaki Kitokidogo," right, which is social commentary, you know, and so... um but, but, but like I said, musical theatre, there is a single thread that moves from idea yeah. to idea. And so in that sense, they're quite different.
0: Okay. First of all, this is just, it feels like I'm getting a crash course into musical theatre as much as I've been part of the process, you know? <laughs> um, I, I, I joined in much later and j- just listening to this. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will be like shocked and it will click. This is what is different about the musicals we do. Let's talk about process. You are one of the most successful artists I know and also one of the most hardworking. I've just seen your dedication to this and I know a lot of artists struggle with just keeping up the momentum, keeping up the enthusiasm for The number of years you've been doing this, just constantly being dedicated to your art and whatever you're doing. Are there rituals, practices? What exactly do you use to maintain that enthusiasm?
1: Well, it's funny you should ask me that today because today is Mm -hmm. the day I've woken up being there like, I don't want to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I, I don't know whether it was that. It was kind of a gloomy gray day and I was like, ah, man, (laughs) Uh, 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 you know, um, but I think, I think actually I've, I've speaking on a sort of minute by minute. I'm actually feeling a lot better now just because I started doing something, you know, and having this Mm. conversation with you. And before this, we had a little production meeting and I had a bit of homework to do. So even just getting on my phone and calling the people needed to be called or WhatsApping, that already made me feel a lot better. But I think for me, um, I've I, I've been very fortunate to um, I made I made I made the bold decision many years ago to follow my passion, and I mean um, I, I was actually sort of at the, uh, pretty, pretty much at the beginning of my career. Well, I was maybe two, three years in or something, and I heard Oprah say to someone. You want to make a career out of your passion, you know, because even on the bad days, your passion for what you do will keep you going, right? And so um, I can imagine, I mean, like there's, there's times like when I was a student and I was I was working sort of the student jobs, right? I mean, I'd be sitting there at my security desk and I'd be there like, Ah, Yanni, I, I so very much don't want to be here, you know? um i can't quantify just how bad this is making me feel about not this just this moment but my entire life you know um and so i a guy walked into our class one day he was one of the professors from another department and here we we were sort of fourth year um uh just about to graduate and you you're at a good college and you kind of feel the world owes you you know you're going into the world you're going to be great The guy walked in and said, like, you know what? The world owes you nothing. Right? Uh, What you want to do is you start off by drawing on a white piece of paper a little a a circle and write in there, me incorporated. So me ink. And then start making sort of like it's like a spider diagram. You start drawing to me lines and be like, what connections do I have to the outside world? So I've got my I've got my parents and then I've got my sibling or siblings. Then I've got my friends, etc. Then you start drawing connections from them to how they connect to the world. And I, when I heard this guy talk, right, I literally went to my job and quit, right, because I'd just put out a record, right. This was I just put out uh, my first album, and there were Kenyans all over America being there, like, "Hey, to naskia," right. And so I would send out emails, and uh, it was fifteen dollars for the CD and two dollars for for shipping and handling, right? Which which means me buying an envelope, going to the post office,
0: <laughs> and shipping, and shipping it, right?
1: <laughs> and I've seen you have handled it, right? <laughs> so, um, and so I was I was able to at that moment from. From ideas that had come out of my head and collaborate, collaborating with my producer and musicians who'd been on that record, be able to make a living and be able to, 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 uh, pay part of my, my school fees with that, you know? And so, um, I think thankfully from very early, I've been able to derive a lot of joy and satisfaction from the work that I do, you know? And it's the, the thing that I would wish for anybody right um is that you find joy in your daily work if you can do that you're golden you can go to bed at five and still be in at your desk at eight
0: <laughs> you're just there. it's always a party <laughs> so speaking about um but go back still go back to the the process and how you've be, been able to carry that whole idea of process versus product into NBOMTI. It's taken, what, since 2016? That's a long time. You're currently working on three NBOMTI projects, right?
1: they are actually five now. I've been co-opted into, well, one of my plays um uh, went through a mitosis and divided itself into two separate plays. So then they became four. And then um Rambo, Bambo, Boom. I got pulled into that as well, and I'm working with the wonderful Mayonde and Tina. Oh,
0: that's going to be amazing.
1: It's fun. We just they they were here for their for their week long um, thing about about two weeks ago. We got a lot of stuff done. Those those women are very very talented.
0: Let me start going into that. So. Can you talk us through the process of NBOMTI and how do you come about coming up with material?
1: Hmm. It usually tends to be the book writer. Now, by book writer, we mean so in a musical, there's there's three sections to the to to the to the the the, the, the play that's sitting on your desk, right? There's the book, which tends to be the dialogue, right? There's the lyrics, and then there's there's the, there's the music, the um, and so there tends to be. Um, those three departments need to be staffed even if they're being staffed by the same person right so you you could be the book the book writer the lyricist and the composer or maybe you're the book and lyrics which tends to be quite common book and lyrics go together and then you've got a separate composer so um generally the book writer will come in with an idea for uh for this play or this I, this thing that they've been grappling with for a number of years take for example uh the musical that i'm working on with Alea Kasam and Rushab Nanda which is a musical about a cross cultural um love affair right um you've got uh, a black kenyan family and a south asian kenyan family um and they've known each other forever and um and their kids fall in love and so the play takes on um, the sort of the cultural um, biases or uh, the things that are unsaid between these two communities. Even though there are two families that have loved each other for all this time, what are the unsaid things? And so, so, so we will start with, in that case, Alea and I had a meeting of minds because she'd been thinking about something like that as well. And I, um, I remember reading this article, um, in, in, in this, the column called The Watchman. And, um, this guy writing says, um, I've just arrived in India. I miss home. I miss the people. I miss the food in Kenya. At the bottom, his name was Nikunj Patel. And they're like, wait a second. Hold it right there. So <laughs> you have gone to India and you miss home, and for you Kenya is home—the people, the food, the everything. Oh. All right, okay. Let's look at this. Uh, a few years later, there was a much publicized uh, situation where this this um, black guy fell in love with this Sikh girl, and there had been uh, this huge. The Park at the point where they ended up in Nairobi hospital. I can't remember what was happening. Um and then when I spoke when I when I spoke to some of my Indian friends about it, and they're like, oh, you know what it is, is that the father of the of the Indian girl, and by um, by Indian I mean Kenyan Indian, um, he also felt that he and I'm not they're, they're saying this is might might have been one of the reasons why this happened, is that it's also saving face that when he shows up at temple now on Friday or Saturday, right? He has got to have been seen to have done something, right? Oh,
0: yeah.
1: So oh. it's now you're talking about sort of now, oh, so now the community, you know, um oh. also is playing this huge part in how, how you're seen and how you see the world. And so, um, and so now, so here we are, we've got this idea. So they're like, okay, so, um, this young couple falls in love. Their parents are friends. Where do we move to from here? And so very often what you want to do in a, in, in, in any kind of play is you want to give your characters situations that they cannot remove themselves from. They have to go through these obstacles, right? And so yeah. in this case, we have put our characters... I mean, because if, if, they, if they just resolve it, if the parents say, you can't get married, and they go home, then why are we writing the play? <laughs> there has got to be obstacles to resolution, and you resolve at the very, very end. And so in this situation, so building on our story, we're like, okay, so there's this couple. Where are they where now it's become impossible for them to leave this place, right? What situations continue to unfold... That make them have to confront this situation, you know? Um, and so in this case, we've put them at a wedding, um, of some mutual friends, let's say down at the coast. Um, and there's always a reason why we're telling the story and why, since these guys have been having their relationship, right? And the mm-hmm. parents are continuing parenting and being friends, right? Mm-hmm. But why does this thing ropoka tonight? It's because they're at this wedding the young couple is on the dance floor mm-hmm. the lights go out mm-hmm. they take the opportunity to kiss on the dance floor and the lights mm-hmm. come back on and everyone's they're like guy or the equivalent yeah. in hindi <laughs>
0: I'll have to look for that, <laughs> and then it, it yeah. just
1: unfolds. Okay, so so now that so so here we are. See that so, sort of how that process happens. So uh, we've got this idea. Okay, black brown couple. Fine, right? What happens that we are telling this story today, um. and then from that point on, you you you, and and I think this is one of the mistakes that as playwrights we make. Right. We try we try to tell the story, as in to plot it out from beginning to mm-hmm. end, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, what would my character say here? Because if your character does not surprise you, then your audience cannot be surprised. That is something that's come straight from one of our mentors, Deb, right? I mm-hmm. mean, Deb is yeah, like, look, true. if your characters don't surprise you, then they, you, your, audi- your audience will not be surprised. That's and that for me has been quite interesting because, yeah, you try and plot it, you know, or like in the case, like, for example, one one of the weaknesses that I was discovering with DJ Luanda
0: mm-hmm. was
1: that um when I began writing it, I'd never cast myself in the play. I was there like, I'm this guy, I'm a songwriter, mm-hmm. I like to tell stories, I'm going to do this thing. In fact, the first mm-hmm. times. Um, I was like the third person to play DJ Luanda. Luanda has been played by Gowi Odera, has been played Mm -hmm. by uh, uh, Dana Seda, right? And um, it just... uh, But the moment someone said to me, we had uh, some directors who came and said, hey, Eric, maybe you should play the role, right? Whoa, right? Now when when I began to rewrite it, Mm -hmm. I began to want to cast myself in a particular way. And that is definitely one of the weaknesses, as a writer when they're like I don't want to be seen like that but that's it's got nothing to do with you right get yourself <laughs> yeah. and so and so because in 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 like some of the people who are writing these musicals also mm. um are also performers right it's been one of our things to be they're like look remove yourself right uh, or or if you're you're they're like okay I'm not a singer right and I'm writing a musical how much, but I'm a great actor, how much more speaking parts can I put in this thing, right? Yeah. And you're like, no, no, Uh write the best song, even if you're not the one who's going to sing it, right? Um, Because at the end of the day, we're writing a musical, not a wordsicle, as Deb says as well.
0: <laughs> I love that, wordsical. Let's go into the other projects. You've mentioned how Panipuri came about. You You had a question that you needed to answer. Is that the process for every one of your productions? Do you have to be passionate about the material?
1: Wow, do you have to be passionate about something? Um,
0: yeah. With regards to, let's talk about the five projects that you're doing, do they come at you the same way?
1: No, they don't come at me the same way. Uh, be, uh, because, I mean, like for example, uh, if you're writing with, with uh, you're, you're collaborating with different people, and so different people are passionate about different things, Dj Luanda is a is ultimately about a community trying to deal with sort of changes within i mean their their the community in this made up slum and there's these new developments that are happening as in new sort of uh, the new apartments being built who's gonna get them who's who's not going to and all of the back and forth if you zoom into this one little family and how they are dealing with with those changes, right? Um, uh, the, the, what ended up sort of mitosing, if that's the right word,
0: um, <laughs> from that
1: is a, a musical called Saba Saba about, about a Boda guy who, on his normal route, his, just minding his own business, his picky picky gets, his border gets, um, grabbed by some cops, right? And then he goes to try and get it back. And the cops are there like, ah, we're kama Then he's there like, you guys uh-huh. don't understand, right? You're dealing with a guy who's got nothing to lose, right? Uh-huh. And then he lock he chains himself to the gate. Um, uh-huh. and then how that then his call for Nirudishia Bodayangu, right? Becomes uh-huh. it begins to infect everyone around them, you know? And um so the university students get involved, Marahu's getting involved. But it's also a very personal story because, like the cop who initially so, sort of grabbed his boda, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So in, uh, instantly the boda never makes it to the station, mm-hmm. right? Because the the, mm-hmm. the cop was with some county guys. <laughs> Those county <laughs> guys they went for hours, right? The the thing, you see at Mafuta Kayole, right? So the Piki Piki never made it to the station, right? <laughs> so and
0: look who this guy is at the station. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's
1: at the station. He chained himself to the gate, right? And so it's also a very personal story about how now the cop who was involved and this guy... Other copies are like, okay, man, me, I'm gonna go and find your car, your 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 car border. because they try and they try and fob him, uh, fob off a new one to him and whatever because it becomes this political thing and the governors they're like, let's give him a new bikini and he's like, no, because if you give me a new border, then then tomorrow, right, when you arrest another guy, right, he's gonna go through the same thing, right, and so even our main character goes through a particular journey. He has started off as, give me back my motorcycle, then suddenly he's there like. Ah, but there's more, right? And so um and and so but I think ultimately the things that I am passionate about is how how we live as a community, right? Um I think even at the end of the day, Panipuri is about how we live, you know. i've um yeah, so those I think I mean answering your question, do you have to be passionate about stuff? I I do think you really, you do have to be passionate about your subject matter. Um, but even, I mean, but I think there's varied things that we can be passionate about.
0: So, five projects. What are the challenges? <laughs> and how do you balance them out? Yeah, what are the dynamics, the different dynamics of collaborating with different groups and different creatives?
1: Well, I think uh, when... Collaboration ultimately is, um, there has to be a meeting of minds where the collaborators know that um, in this room we are equals. There's no one who can say, oh, I've been doing this longer than you or, um, or uh, whatever, you know. I've been in the theater business longer. You've come in from music, you know. None of that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's always the best idea in the room wins. I know some people who collaborate really well by being very far from each other, right? <laughs> this, guy, I was reading this guy, this guy is in New York, his collaborators in LA, so they're like, this is the best way. We <laughs> never spend time in the same room, <laughs> right? So, there's de- there's oh, wow. yeah, de- I, and, and I, I, the, that's, that's very mature, you know, and then they get stuff yeah. done, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think that, um, with, with collaborators, it's always about, um, making each other feel confident and comfortable about bringing even what might appear to be not a very good idea into the room. Um, I think when, when there, when there is that fear of I'm gonna look stupid or whatever, then, then we're not, we're not sharing, we're not sharing our, when We're not being sort of vulnerable enough to each other and bringing what might end up being a really good idea because I think as collaborators, we've chosen each other, right? Mm-hmm. Good collaborators um can take even a mediocre idea and turn it into a, a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you have bad collaborators, you can take even a great idea and then people will just decimate it, right? And so I think challenges have been things like... um like, for instance, for me, I find, I begin to worry about whether all my musicals will sound the same, you know? And what am I going to do to make sure that that doesn't happen? Um, and then, um, as, as, as a, as a composer, there are certain, for lack of a better term, set plays or set pieces of, mm-hmm. of chord combinations or of melodic combinations that you, yeah. that you know have worked before, you know? And so sometimes I, I'm, I'm, I'm holding myself back and they're like, ah, yeah, but you did that in Retoria coup 20 years ago. And so for me, that, that for me is definitely a thing. I think also collaborators, uh, might suffer from, from productivity, you know, how, how much one collaborator is bringing to the table versus mm-hmm. the other and when. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. it's yeah. possible that some people work in bursts, whether they're like, in that's two stupid. weeks, mm. I'm going to have mm. this thing done, you know. But before those two weeks get here, there's a year lapse, right? Mm. Yeah. And I guess that's that's part of it, because we all have stuff to do. And uh-huh. it's one of the reasons why musicals take so damn long is because you're collaborating mm. and also your schedules are trying to meet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean... Other than, I think, I think those, those for me are the, I think also, um, book writers and composers, mm-hmm. they have to agree on where a story is going, right? Because, um, sort of lyricist composers are adding to plot and adding to character, right? And very often in a musical, um, you, m- as a writer, you might have written a page of dialogue, right? About, mm-hmm. um, uh let's say there's an argument between two characters about um um i don't someone is saying i don't like the fact that you went out last night and you Mm -hmm. didn't call me when you said you're supposed to call me and you have this whole argument Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and the lyricist is gonna come up with a single line like what goes up must come down right yeah um and they've cannibalized your one page of dialogue and they've just given you that back right and it uh, but Mm. you're like actually you know what this actually does sum it up you know um, and so I think one of the other challenges is, um, composers, lyricists and all, all the collaborators agreeing yeah. that they're all going to feed each other
0: mm, yeah. in the
1: creation of this work.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's like blind, uh, yeah. Blind trust. It is. It is. Yeah. Cause I, I'm actually like, I've, I've been part of the process in different stages mm. and I've seen how much of a challenge it is just as a writer, I come from mostly a writing background and not uh, a musical background. So sometimes mm. you're like, wow, I don't know how this person achieves their process. Mm. I don't know how they go about writing and figuring out stuff. And this is my process. Mm. And yeah, so that's usually like just saying I'm letting go. That's like usually mm. so hard. Mm. Yeah. So um as we wind up, um, I wanted to talk about um, the pandemic because we can't ignore it. Mm. I know how it's impacted, like the festival, in terms of logistics and production. Mm. As a person who's journeyed with the artists through, you've been having residencies throughout the year, um, trying to help the participants further their work. What difference have you seen? in terms of creation that has impacted the
1: the process? Well, I think that um, because people's ability to meet has been severely curtailed, also the ability to, to have a steady income during the course of this year has also been curtailed, you do s- tend to find that there's a degree of depression sort of going into any writing session. Um, and how, how then, how then to, to help people help each other overcome, overcome those, those humps, you know, and they always stand in the way of, before a writing session begins, there's definitely always going to be a bit of bonding about how shitty the year has been, you know, and understandably so. Um, and so, I mean so so i mean in, in with with the with the week away things what one of us you see when we've come together and Itzitawa I put it so well before you know it's like we have found our tribe you know mm. and it's yeah. like you come and you hang out and you, you don't have to explain to anyone what it is that you do you know and you're already it's there's a, a bunch of cross-pollination in the in the conversations over lunch or whatever but and and being able to continue or to have people come in smaller groups has, I think that has helped move the work infinitely. Mm. I think one of the things that everyone is trying to avoid, and which I definitely think sh- we should do, is, um, you know, before you understand the full impact of something like COVID, right? Some time has to have passed. Yes. Right. That's. True. I'm so glad yeah. that none of us is writing a play about how COVID. You know, I mean, it's because it's <laughs> yeah. only it's only month nine. You know, yeah, you can true, be writing something true. about whatever. And then if four years was later was still here, you'll realize how trite the whatever you wrote was, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, but I, I, I do I do think that uh, and I mean, I'm not just saying this, but but because we're not moving around as much or um, uh, even even. Sort of output where, sh- where an output is a show. We're not doing as many of those, right? Um, then there is an opportunity to, to A, to take stock and B, to write more, you know? I think I've written more this period than I've ever have. Yeah. I think, I think, in, in I said this to someone the other day and I mean, I don't, I'm, in, in, yeah, COVID has come to change the world, you know? And it's, it's definitely happening.
0: Um, On a lighter note... <laughs> Yay! Um, <laughs> besides you, which other composer would you like to see tackle one of your musicals?
1: Oh, um, let me see now. And why? <laughs> well, I think that... Uh, you see, I mean, because we've got such a large number of composers, a lot of the people who I would have loved to see work on a musical are already here. Oh. But I think, I think that some of, some of the new, sort of younger, new wave artists, you know, I would love to see someone kind of think about a Khan musical, you know, or take some of the musicals we're writing right now and be like, I think this thing can work like this, you know. I think sort of um, someone like Calligraph would be interesting to hear what he did to a musical, um, some of the, well, I mean, like, when you look at someone like Tim Arinaito, who's working with Njora, right? Yeah. He's someone yeah. who are, who, I mean, uh, and then Tim and, Tim and, and Vinny Goge are working on Kabaseke.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I would, I would, in a heartbeat, hand them a musical of mine and say, let's see what you guys do with that, you know? Um,
0: and what is the last thing you do before you step on stage? Ah!
1: I'm <laughs> usually okay. If if it's if it's like okay, um it see, ah oh man, gigs are so different because um let's say if it's a gig that you have put together yourself, right? You're nervous, you're nervous as all hell, right? Are people gonna come? Right? Um and that's usually the biggest one. Oh my god, are people gonna come? And so you're dealing with a different set of nerves at that point, right? If you're playing at a concert where there's multiple artists and you're there like, okay, here, this is how we all are, you know, whether there's ten guys or a thousand guys or whatever, right? Um mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: that's a different kind of nervousness, you know? And so I think I think I I definitely try and warm up, you know. I'll I think what I should do more is have a shot of whiskey.
0: <laughs> I, I hear you.
1: You know? <laughs> You know, I've, I've, I think I've only done like once or twice in my life, but I think I'm going to try and make it a habit without, without doing it too often. <laughs> I l- not, not a shot of whiskey in between songs. We we'll wouldn't do that.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think at the beginning of the show, yeah, yeah, I'll give that a try.
0: <laughs> oh, man, it's been so lovely having you here.
1: Thank you, Ajiko. It's been wonderful hearing you and also wonderful seeing you. Thank
0: you so much, Eric. Thank you so much to our audience. Till next time, this has been the NBOMTI Podcast.